under the tree lines and past the babbling brooks, through the bushes and under the stars, lies a fable, a myth, a chime. This is Tea and Grumpets, and this is our Bigfoot episode. Welcome to the forest dwelling, cave sleeping, creek walking, hair raising, spine tingling, paranormal, normal, intercontinental podcast. Welcome to Tea and Grumpets, and welcome to our Bigfoot episode. I am one of your hosts, Mike. And I am the British one, Glenn. And today we will delve into a scary world of Bigfoot. But first, Glenn, how's your week been? Uh, it's been very good. I have been... Uh, it's Inktober, actually, so I've been busy doodling, uh, doodling and a noodling. Uh, I'm not the best inker in the world. I'm more of a pencil artist and painter, uh, but you know, it's the spirit of the month. So this 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 year, I've chosen just the buzzword antagonists as my theme for every day, and it's basically the biggest shower of bastards I can think of, and I pick a different one every day to draw. I love it. Yeah, and I've I've seen some of it, and you are incredibly talented, sir. So uh, props to you and for doing that every day. That must take a lot of time. That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, my week has been fine. Nothing crazy. Uh, <laughs> can't really complain. It's a week. So with that being said, we are going to jump right in. So Glenn, off the bat, like, wh- what do you know about Bigfoot? Like, wh- what is your relationship to this mythical beast? Anything? Uh well, actually, funny enough, uh, the first time I ever learned about Bigfoot was when I was eight years old, and they released a film called Harry and the Hendersons. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, this is before the internet. Uh, and then th- I, I kind of learned about Bigfoot, weirdly, through... When I was a teenager, I was obviously studied a lot of UFOs and mm-hmm. ghosts and stuff, and they'd always have uh, the cryptozoology stuff in the books as well. Mm-hmm. and all Bigfoot would always be in there so I was aware of the Patterson Gimlin film um, I've watched a couple of documentaries on him but it's it's not as ingrained in the British uh, public consciousness as it is in the American because obviously we don't have Bigfoot we have big black cats over here that's, that's our version of Bigfoot you have cat versions? yeah yeah we are the black cats of England these huge panther like animals that people report seeing and tearing apart sheep and stuff uh, they they plague England I actually thought I saw one once and ran from a field but it was just a big dog <laughs> <laughs> oh wow I didn't know you guys had a version that's really cool yeah but that's, so, yeah they're not they're not um, bipedal apes they're just big cats <laughs> I, l- I like that version more but that's that's awesome yeah so we have Bigfoot uh, Sasquatch and it inhabits uh, the forests of North America. So as you spoke about cryptozoology, and for those that don't really know, it's pseudoscience. And that's like my number one pet peeve in the world, pseudoscience. But for today, we will throw away my bias. And it, it basically aims to prove the existence of entities and folklores, such as Bigfoot, Chupacabra, etc. And the Bigfoot is considered a cryptid, which is an animal that's based to exist on anecdotal evidence. 
So there's no real proof. It's just saying, okay, I saw Bigfoot and this is what it is. So what do we know about Bigfoot? We know that uh, it's supposedly six to nine feet tall. Or Glenn, I did the conversion for you. It's 1.8288 to 2.4384 meters. I don't know anyone in the UK who uses those measurements. Okay, that's why uh, I just wanted to, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think that's our official thing, but we, we always say feet and inches. <laughs> really? Okay, then this next part will be relatable. Footprints are claimed to be 24 inches long and 8 inches wide. Some have claw marks and some do not. So there is some variability throughout all of this. Could be six feet, could be nine feet, could be all of this. But uh, I think the baseline that we're going for is that it's really tall and probably really scary. So long before he was named, many different languages had their own name for it. And most translate to wild or hairy man. Okay. Um, I know a couple of people that I could call that too. But in some cultures, the children were warned against saying the name or else it will come and get them. So it's that, you know, in every culture, I feel that there's one story of one monster that will come and haunt your dreams or eat you. I mean, is there one in Britain that uh, is used on children? Uh, yeah, we've got a, a whole slew of them. Ooh, let me hear. Uh, oh, let me think. Um, yeah, have you heard of... Actually, that's not England, that's Ireland more. Well, what is it? Uh, have you heard of the Banshee? I've heard of a Banshee, but is this a, a well-known one? The Banshee? <laughs> yeah, that's supposedly like, you know, if, if you think of it, it will, t it will turn up and it, then it's a bad omen on your household. Um, what else have we got in the UK? Uh, we used to have a thing with... Um, we used to get told, I used to get told this as a kid, uh, that if you're awake at the witching hour, basically anything's fair game on you i think it was a way of getting you to go to sleep yeah um yeah we we had that uh what else did we have uh to actually sum it up by thinking about it i can't think of anything other than stuff like poltergeist and things like that i don't think we actually had a definitive boogeyman that if you're awake oh no we did we did mm -hmm. there's the there's the fellow who um the Jack-o-lanterns are based on. Supposedly, if you think of him, he comes to you. Ooh. Um, I can't remember his name. That's an Irish legend as well. Uh, but no, England's more of a, a haunted house. And I suppose mm -hmm. we do have... No, I suppose with our culture, it's more omens of death. Omens of death and warnings of disaster. That's kind of what we get haunted by. That's the classic English ghost story. Is this either uh, coming back for revenge? They're warning you of a death. Or it's a warning of disaster. That's kind of what the English ghost story is. Ah, that's 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 spooky. Ours are really fabricated out of a child's mind, more so than the parent. I mean, you know, we have the creature under the bed, the creature in the closet, um, things along that nature, <clears throat> where it just really spooks the kid out, and the parent really doesn't have to say much, you know. Um, but we don't really have monsters, I guess, in America that we, we think of as a child. The child thinks that up themselves. So it's interesting the, the difference between us. But that, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, this was used, Bigfoot was used to scare children, which is kind of messed up.
But anyway, I mean, this, this, does this come yeah. from Native American folklore? Because there's, there's a lot of scary stuff in Native American folklore. It's funny you say that. It does, and it comes from the regional tribes in the 1920s. Uh, mostly, they all had different names, and they all believed in this. And I don't want to say all, but the majority of them had mm. some sort of relationship to it. And it was brought to light by an Indian agent, J.W. Burns. And he compiled into local stories and published in a series of Canadian newspaper articles. Uh, and the problem was, once it was published, and I'm going to butcher it, the St. Ailes people, the ones who provided the stories, were offended that people didn't believe them. So they put together this compendium of all of the tribe's uh, Bigfoot uh, stories that have been passed down and cited. And they put it out and people were like, nope, not true. That's silly. And they're like, are you kidding so, <laughs> um, after a little time, about 20 years, they published the stories again in 1940, maybe to drum up interest, maybe to give it another shot. But Burns, the guy that uh, compiled all of this, borrowed the term Sasquatch from Hal Melon. Yeah, and it's from the word Sasquatch. Now, Halcomelmin is a language from a Pacific Northwest coast, mm -hmm. but now it's, in, uh, it's spoken in British Columbia. So that's from Canada. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's interesting how, you know, these tribes were in North America and this Canadian fella said, oh, well, let me go see what these stories are about and put them out there to the public. So uh, and he termed the term <laughs> Sasquatch. So interesting that that's where that term came from. But, now, am I right in thinking there's, there's two schools of thought on mm -hmm. Bigfoot or the Sasquatch. There's either he's uh, a lost link in the human evolution chain, or he's some sort of spiritual magical entity that's very more ethereal rather than a solid creature. I think it depends on who you talk to, but yes, I, I'd feel, and I don't want to speak for them because I don't know them, but I feel like back then the Native Americans viewed this as way more of a spiritual uh, animal legend as something that the gods sent down to punish and if you spoke to the americans it would be more of a legend um because there in those times of the 1920s and through the 40s there weren't many non-native american people speaking about this it was only them so it seemed to be very concentrated in one area and um burns seemed to try and spread this story so more americans eventually got the, you know the gist of it but the term bigfoot itself came from a wyandotte chief who had that nickname there were multiple chiefs in these tribes that had the term bigfoot but it came with a very very high esteem so the wyandotte or wendat people are iroquoian people from north america on the shore of lake ontario okay uh this guy had big feet <laughs> six feet tall and he looked like a bear and another leader in the 19th century, Spotted Elk, that was his like first name, and then he got the name Bigfoot as well. Um, two bears. Now, yeah, these, go ahead. These were the these these were guys killed a, a wounded knee, wasn't it? The wounded knee massacre. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So they're the same people. I believe so. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, two bears were killed and named Bigfoot. Now. This might have inspired the name for the ape-like creature. We're not really sure. But um, the myth, from what I've read, is that the first bear 
bear, quote-unquote Bigfoot, was reportedly killed near Fresno, California in 1895. But it's been killing sheep for 15 years. So after 15 years of just mysterious sheep killings and people going, what the heck is going on? Someone shot it with a bow and arrow and killed it. It weighed 2,000 pounds. Okay, This thing was massive. The second one went on a killing spree between 1890 and the 1900s. Was so, it a revenge killing spree? Yeah, it must have been. I heard about its first bro, and it's like, yo, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and these bears were twice the size of ordinary grizzly bears, according to legend. So that basically ties up the history. So the term Bigfoot, from what I understand, comes from these chiefs and also the names that they had for these bears. And I guess through the extinction of the bears, the name st stuck. And through the spreading of the stories... Sasquatch came into the vernacular and more people started associating that and Bigfoot with this giant like ape. So the history's still ambiguous but pretty clear lead up into where we are. So now we go on to sightings and they say about a third of the sightings are located in the Pacific Northwest with the remaining okay. two thirds remaining in the rest of North America. All right. Um, most so are Pacific mistakes. Northwest. That's yeah. that's the Oregon area yeah. around up there. Mm. Yeah. And most most are mistakes, obviously, because mm -hmm. well, uh, I'm going to withhold my judgment. But scientists typically attribute most of them to misidentification of animals. Now, Glenn, what animals would you mistake as Bigfoot? Um, what North American animals? Sure. Yes. I suppose the only thing possibly even fleeting would be a bear, but I think there's a big difference between a bipedal uh, ape-like creature and a bear. I think you'd soon realise your mistake when a, a, a bear is quite distinctive, really. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I, think, well, I mean, a, I mean, I've heard of the, I've heard of Bigfoot called the Great North American Ape, uh, yeah. but there are no apes native to North America, so. I think you're probably safe to say if you saw something ape-like in a forest, it's probably not an ape. Yeah, and I think that's a good assumption. Um, but, of course, people like to believe what they want to believe. And I'll give you just one example. To be quite honest, there are not as many sightings as you would believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's this whole experience of Bigfoot is really based on word of mouth, storytelling, spreading of the story rather than hey I saw Bigfoot mm -hmm. but we will get to that so scientists around 2007 there is an institute called the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization shared photos of a baby Bigfoot mm -hmm. I didn't even know that there was such a baby Bigfoot and they were out there for some time and eventually the Pennsylvania Game Commission looked at it and said no that is not a baby Bigfoot that is a bear with a skin disease and they proved it and they did it and they're like oh sorry uh we didn't know and they're like fine then in 2014 i watched it yesterday you can find it there's a video from virginia that shows bigfoot on the water and it's just not really a video it's just a guy or a bigfoot let's try and be serious here standing at the edge of the water and it looks like <laughs> a woman in a really bad mink coat just standing there um and it turns out it was a guy in a suit so 
those are a couple of the sightings that we've heard about. Um, I didn't really dig into the old sightings from the, the Iroquois and such, but l locally, there's not so many. So now we go on to the most fascinating part, which is going to be the bulk of the discussion, which are the hoaxes. Um, the hoaxes propagate this Bigfoot story, and there are a lot of them, and there are generally one to two gentlemen that keep on propagating this myth, and they do a decent job of it. But let's start at the beginning. We start with the Jacko hoax. All right. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, Short good. Me. Good. So there's a Canadian newspaper story about a gorilla caught near Yale in British Columbia. And this okay. is in 1884. And the original story called Jacko a gorilla, not a Sasquatch. It was just a gorilla, okay? But the quacks out there, or the, the believers, I'm sorry, I don't want to bash them yet, used this as evidence for their conspiracy theory that Bigfoot exists. So one of the most widely known hoaxes um, for Bigfoot, and yet so many people don't know it, it was featured on In Search of in Ancient Mysteries with Leonard Nimoy. And one article says that absolutely nothing was caught, and they were all duped, and nothing ever happened. Um, and this is the, the part that's interesting. Another article said that it reported 200 people went to view Jacko at the jail, where okay. it was kept, but only found a man in jail. There was nothing. So how do we get to that place, Glenn? Like, well, how does... my first question is, what was a gorilla sure. doing in North America? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great, great, a great baseline premise for this whole thing. There are no, they, we don't have them. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it obviously makes news, but why do these Canadian, you know, like we keep getting these Canadian newspapers, but okay, good first question. What's next? <laughs> uh, if, if so, um, if they did, if they did capture a gorilla, uh, what did they actually plan on doing with it? Was this so? This thing was caught alive. Apparently. Okay. Uh, no, next question is: How do you subdue a gorilla? Uh, like, because uh, I know you know you've got a six hundred pound gorilla. Uh, yeah. If if I that that thing could tear my arm off, like I could pull a chicken leg off. Yeah, and I think in 1884, I'm not quite sure this would be good to look up. Like there were, there had to have been tranquilizer guns maybe yeah, i don't know I, I would hope so because i mean that's the only way i know of taking down a gorilla besides blowing its brains out i mean but you know you watch enough animal planet or dr pole or whatever you've seen you know you have to tranquilize it because there's no way because as you said they'll rip your freaking arm off oh they'll throw a barrel at you and steal your girlfriend <laughs> very true so um but then the thought goes into my head why would you take the gorilla and put it in jail? Like, uh, yeah, that that's odd as well. How do you get it into jail unless it's under the you know, put out? But wouldn't you put it like in a zoo? Wouldn't you put it in like uh, I don't know an appropriately spaced I don't know place? But to put it in a jail and then say, all right, people, come on down, let's see this world famous Jacko or Jacko. And then they come and there's just some dude sitting in there. Like, I'm sure ha some of the people are like, there he is, there's the elusive Jacko. Oh my God, look how hideous he is. And it's just some dude sitting in the cell. Like, so, <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm sitting here, I can hear you. Yeah, he's like, guys, <laughs> my name's Jacko, but I, I, this isn't what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, I mean, that's one of the first big, you know, stirrups of this Bigfoot Sasquatch myth. And mm. it, even the gorilla wasn't real, you know? So it's that, that's disappointing, and that's the first one. Now we get into the meat of some of it, and this isn't even the film that we're going to talk about. There's a gentleman named Tom Biscardi, okay? okay. He's a big Bigfoot enthusiast, and he... This is an interesting one, Glenn. He appeared on a paranormal show, and he said he was 98% sure that his group could catch it. All right? Now, he has this... If we go back a little while, he is like president of the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization that shared the first... That juvenile um, picture that the Pennsylvania Game Commission said, no, it's just a bear with a skin disease. So that's the context of him. A month later... After his appearance on the show, he said he caught it, and he was arranging, now get this, a viewing of it on pay-per-view. Okay? Right. So he's going to charge people to watch Bigfoot. Okay? And after all the hype and everything, he went back on the same show to say he didn't catch it, and he blamed it on some woman f- for misleading him, and he told the audience that they were gullible and left. Wait, he told the audience who had paid? Yes. So they're like, thanks for the money, you're all stupid. Bye. Yeah, I don't think it got that far to, to the actual pay-per-view happening, because he went back on the show and he's like, well, this woman told me the wrong thing, and uh, you're all stupid, goodbye. That's basically what happened. Wow. And he is the president of the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. So, yeah. Well, that's that's one way to address people, I guess. Yeah, and that's one way to really discredit your organization. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that that's uh, Tom Biscardi. Um, remember that name because it's going to come back in our next one. All right, Tom Biscardi. Okay. All right, and now we have Rick Dyer. All right, now Rick is a very interesting human being. And he propagated two hoaxes. Um, I'll just read you the general and then we'll dive into it. So on July 9th, 2008, Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten posted a video to YouTube. And I remember this. Like, this this is only 12 years ago, Glenn, and I'm sure once we get into it, you will remember it too. They claimed that they discovered the body of a dead Sasquatch in the forest in northern Virginia, uh, Georgia. Excuse me. Guess who was contacted, Glenn? Tom Biscardi. And they wanted him and his organization to investigate. So Dyer and Witten received $50,000 from his organization as a gesture of good faith. The story was covered by every freaking news station. I remember seeing it, the BBC, CNN, ABC News, and Fox News. So soon after a press conference, the alleged Bigfoot body was actually delivered. They delivered in a block of ice in a freezer. Right. From the team. Now, the scientists came down, and everyone, I remember seeing the damn freezer on TV, and it was such so hyped going, I, I can't wait to see it. And they're like, oh, you're going to have to stay tuned. You're going to have to stay tuned and watch. So they thawed out Bigfoot. Okay. And what do you think they found? Do you think that they found Bigfoot? I think they probably found a mannequin or something. (laughs) You're on the right track, buddy. So the observers found that, A, the hair was not real. Uh, That's always a red flag. 
Yeah, that, that's the start of it. The, this next one kind of gives me a bit of skepticism, but I'm not sure. The head was hollow, and the feet were rubber. Wow. Okay. And Dyer and Witten admitted that it was a hoax after being confronted by the executive producer of Squatch Detective. I never knew there was a show called Squatch Detective, but apparently there is. And the director said, what is this? You promised Bigfoot and we got a hollow head, rubber feet, and fake hair. And they're like, it was a hoax. So, hang on. These, these are people who are searching for Bigfoot. Now, they're, they're carrying off hoaxes. Yes. Right, yes. okay, so they're basically driving any credibility they have into the absolute ground. Yes, and this goes to a much bigger topic, which we don't have to tackle, of conspiracy theorists and propagating what they believe in. They run an organization that is hell-bent on finding Bigfoot, and they are saying they found it. And the timelines of these are relatively small. They do this within a month or two of saying, hey... We're going to go search for Bigfoot. A month later, they say, hey, we're on the track. And a month later, they have Bigfoot. Two months later, they deliver Bigfoot. And within a day or two or a week or however long it is, it, they are discredited. And they say, well, it was a hoax. We're going to keep up that search. We're going to keep on going. And we can do this together. So please send us $50,000 to Bigfoot Incorporated. And people do. So... Uh, Dyer, who was the original gentleman with the YouTube video, has then, this is where I lose faith in humanity, Glenn, that people believe in this organization, okay? And this is where I'm going to break from the seriousness just a little bit. Dyer claimed to have shot Bigfoot in Texas, not northern Georgia. He, he lured him in. Now, I will give you... Three guesses. How do you lure Bigfoot in? Uh, bananas. Okay. Uh, raisins and fruits. Okay. Or pretending you're looking for something else, driving along a road. See, those are brilliant guesses. But Dyer, he lured in Bigfoot using pork ribs from Walmart, doused in a special barbecue sauce, and attached hundreds of them to trees. And I am going to give you a dramatic reading of exactly his quote. We nailed them all around the trees. And then that night we heard Bigfoot come back. I chased him down in the middle of the night. I shot him once. He ran and I shot him again. And that is the person we are supposed to believe. Right. Is searching for Bigfoot using Walmart pork ribs doused in special barbecue sauce. I want to know what's so special about this barbecue sauce. Okay? Was it big, like Bigfoot sent it? Like, what makes the barbecue sauce so special? I also want to know why Walmart pork ribs? Because you know what? I cook a lot of ribs in my life, Glenn. Mm -hmm. And when I want ribs, I don't go to Walmart. I can't imagine that they are good. Like, and if you are searching for this mythical beast, wouldn't you want like the best tools, the best food, the best luring devices? Not Walmart pork ribs. I mean, that's like going to Tesco's. Is that a thing? And just buying like the, the, the worst thing you could say and say, I'm hunting for the Loch Ness Monster. I'm going to throw a can of sardines in the river. Like, no. Yeah, that, that would definitely be the equivalent of it, yes. Okay. So, yeah. Um... Let's just go back just a bit. 
he had a, the the host and this this is just a rehash 2008 is when they went on squatch detective and announced that they had a, a dead bigfoot body in their bigfoot body in their possession okay uh they leaked grainy footage that showed bigfoot they presented the carcass in the the ice and they said it was seven foot seven inches and 500 pounds um and that falls in between our parameters of what we believe it to be. Mm -hmm. They also s said that they spotted three other similar creatures after making the discovery. So they took a day and a half with six men to carry Bigfoot. A day and a half with six men to carry Bigfoot. All while being followed by the other Bigfoot creatures. So don't you think if you're hunting Bigfoot, you'd have a pickup truck, you'd have a flatbed, you'd have something... And you're, you're, it sounds to me like there are six guys just going into the woods saying, let's go hunt Bigfoot. And no thought whatsoever. Let's go to Walmart and get these pork ribs. And they, they shoot them, supposedly. And then you're going to carry Bigfoot out of a forest and put him in a freezer. Where do you put the Bigfoot? On the roof of your car? Like, seven foot seven inches ain't going to fit into any car I know. Plus... When you're driving, what are people saying? You know, hey, what's that? All it takes is one cop to pull you over and say, okay, tell me the story. Well, see, I went to Walmart and I got the, like, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, so, after they supposedly got him, they joined for the press conference saying, last weekend I touched it, I measured its feet, I felt its intestine. And that's all it took for people to start believing in the hoax you put it out there and people do that 2012 four years later another one dire claimed to have killed another bigfoot creature like how does this guy keep coming in and be like well i caught another one and this is the one with the pork ribs this is the one that people cared about um he was going to charge people to view it okay to view the body that lay beneath a plexiglass coffin. Ten bucks for people. Children were charged five. It sold out immediately and pulled close to $500,000. Okay? So he had another one of these things that he built with a coffin, open coffin, that people could see, and they were charging ten dollars to adults and five dollars to children first off why are you charging children or letting children in but that that's a whole nother moral story what are your thoughts on this insanity uh why are people paying for this listen if someone said i i have bigfoot 10 bucks go see it it's like the freak show no yeah yeah it is um i think i'd want to see a photo to start with and be like can i see a photo of it first yeah uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting people felt willing to pay for this, because I imagine even if, you know, 10 people is $100, 100 people is $1,000, um, it is a bit of a money maker, especially if you're going where you have to go inside to see it, then I guess you are going to make money very quickly out of it. Yeah, and um, let me, you know, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 and I'm thinking, were they, how open were they to uh, perhaps letting people you know, take samples to test? Or was it, uh, no, no, you can't touch it? Uh, it, it was enough that they pulled in $500,000, so people believed it. That's a lot of people seeing that, so I don't know about opening to testing, but let me ask you, because out here in the middle of 
the Pacific Northwest, like everywhere, when you're driving on a highway, you will get these signs that just pop up, like world's largest tomato. Come on down and see it. And it's like, you know, three miles off the exit. And you're like, what the hell? I'll go see the world's largest tomato. Like they have all these tourist traps and, and attractions. Do you guys have them over there? Uh, yeah, we do. Not to, not to that extent, but yeah, we, we certainly we certainly have them. Because um, I feel that's what this would would have been like. Yeah, come, I, I, come I see Bigfoot. So. Yeah, come come see Bigfoot. Um, you know, it's 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 an odd setup of things like this because uh, most of the time, I'd say ninety nine percent of the time, things like this are complete hokum. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you get ones like, uh, did you ever hear, I can't remember the name of the fish species exactly, but it was a species of uh, f a, basically a prehistoric fish that people were claiming mm -hmm. swimming in these rivers and waters. And they went looking for it, and it turns out this thing's still there, and these villagers were using it scales of sandpaper. Oh, wow. No, I didn't and, hear uh, that. Yeah, they caught one. I was like, yeah, well, this thing's not extinct. Even though it should be, this thing is not extinct. Uh, yeah, interesting story. Very yeah. interesting story. But it was basically a living fossil had just managed to make it through to the modern day, and they were still swimming around this small section of South America. And the locals knew about it. And it's the fact that once they started talking to the proper locals who knew, then they took them to where they could find one and go, look, there it is. And they're like, well, it's a living animal. It's not a hoax. It's not a corpse. That we caught this thing, and here it is. That's incredible. But it's amazing what science can do, mm. you know. And speaking of that, um, a professor uh, from the Department of Anthropology at Idaho, Idaho State University got a look at the thing that was under the coffin. And here we go. The quote is, the thing has clearly been fabricated to depict a specimen that has been dissected. Okay. It smacks of images of alien autopsies. Like they, they've used, quote ends there, like they've studied alien autopsy pictures and tried to make the most realistic version of this. So after they were called out, they went on to their Facebook group and they said, hey, it's fake. And the way we made it was using latex, foam, and camel hair. And it was a prop for a movie about killing Bigfoot that he was okay. shooting and he wanted a baby Bigfoot. So he made a female one. And that's what it was. So he later goes on to say uh, at the end of all of this dire, he posts on his Facebook page. From this moment on, I will speak the truth. No more lies, tall tales, or wild goose chases to mess with the haters. I never treated anyone bad. I'm a joker. I play around. That's just me. Coming clean about everything is necessary for a new start. From this moment on, I will speak the truth. That's it. What does that mean? So, in my opinion, and I want to get your opinion, after two hoaxes that have been disproven, he says, it was all fake. We are going to start again. Nowhere does it say we are going to use science facts or anything of the like, but I feel like he is trying to clean the record that he so tarnished and is trying to recredit an organization that is discredited. Um... Do you feel the same way, or is am I missing um, something? I, I'd say the minute you're proven to be faking something, you've lost all credibility anyway. That's like me going, uh, oh, hey, Mike, I found these photos of UFOs. 
and then yeah. you find out I'd faked them. And then I went, I've got these photos of UFOs. You found out I faked them. And then me going, I've got these photos of UFOs. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. Like, but these yeah. ones are real. <laughs> and I'd love to know what's going on now. And that's a great point because I feel that, ugh, and this is where I, I go off my, the facts and everything and my personal opinion. I feel like some people in certain organizations will, no matter what, believe in that. You know, and that goes across politics. It goes across conspiracy. It goes with like you could tell them point black to their face. Hey, this doesn't exist. And they'd be like, OK, well, let the, let's continue searching for this. It's like, but no, it's not real. And they're like, well, maybe it is. It's like we've scientifically proven that it doesn't exist. And they're like, that's OK. We're still going to try. So. That's just my opinion that some people, no matter how hard the evidence is, just want to believe. And I think that's an okay thing to do. You can believe away. But when you start charging children $5 to see uh, uh, camel hair in latex and calling it something it's not without the express agreement of saying, hey, we made this and saying it's a real legendary figure then you're crossing the line. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think, um, you know, believe what you want. Some people do need things like that. They just need that validation in life that, that there's still a bit of mystery left because we live in, live in an age where there is no mystery anymore. True. We know about everything unless you're going to the bottom of the oceans. Uh, but we've certainly got a lot... I'd, I'd say probably 20% of what's out there covered. There's probably a lot of things out there, but we've, we're at the age now where we just go, it's a creature. We don't go, it's a monster or anything. Um, so perhaps people do need that, that mystery in their life still, but when you start lying to people and dragging them in and fabricating the stuff, that's when it becomes dodgy ground, in my opinion. I agree, and the imagination runs wild. We had a case, and it actually happened again a couple of years ago, called the Montauk Monster. And um, it was what people believed to be... Uh, it looked like an alien, essentially a dog that was severely um, mangled. And people said, oh, it's an alien, it's all this stuff. And eventually it came out that uh, it was a raccoon. And it, it was just horribly, <laughs> yeah, horribly disconfigured, uh, dismembered. Yeah. Um, but okay. the conspiracies for the, the years were Plum Island, you know this, um, where they did tests on animals that they were still testing animals and that it one got away and floated to the shores of montauk and someone fell over it and there it is so it, it starts innocently granted the thing looks hideous and it's horrifying if i rolled up on on it on a beach i would probably think the same thing okay but then i'd want to test it and you know like see what it actually is about last year it surfaced again and people were like okay this time we know what it is creepy but definitely not using like animal testing on something so uh, the, the internet really helped with that and like they searched and so did science so interesting 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 what people want to believe and how quickly you can spread a story now we finally get to something that the world knows everyone knows this story and in 1967 the yeah. patterson gimlin film roger patterson and Bob Gim Gimlin surfaced. And these were two former rodeo men. And when you think of Bigfoot, 
you think of one image, and this is frame 352 in that film that has been used all over for Bigfoot culture that mm -hmm. Pop knows. Um, you are, I know off the back, Glenn, you're going to know way more about this than I am. I have a couple blurbs, but tell me about this and what you know about this film. Okay, so this film is the famous uh, Patterson Gimlin, where they dubbed Patty, where supposedly they were out hiking and hunting. Um, I can't remember the reason they gave for why they had this camera with them, which at the time, uh, I believe they'd rented. They didn't own the camera, but they'd taken it with them for some reason to just film. Uh, and they happened to be passing by, I believe they described it as a tree that had been felled. Um, that gave them a blind side of the river. Uh, if you said a tree was on their left, and they walked past the tree, and there's a supposed Bigfoot walking away. And like you said, the famous frame 352, where it turns and looks back at them and disappears into the woods. Now, uh, supposedly with this, they tried to pursue the creature, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, they tracked it for, I think they said, what was it, two hours? But they couldn't yeah. find it or something along those lines from memory. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they, they never saw it again. However, uh, I know I've watched a couple of um, pseudo small documentaries on this where they've actually done a lot of physics and computers and they've said about the weight distribution and mm -hmm. there's been questions over whether the weight distribution was right and they said judging from the way someone's moving they're lumbering rather than actually holding the weight that the size of this creature appears to be um there's all kinds of all kinds of crazy conspiracy theories around this um yeah, so that that's pretty much it. I don't know. I mean, I come down on, you know, decide it's a fake. This. Um, I know they were on horseback as well, weren't they? So it wasn't the yes. easiest part to get to. It wasn't like you just roll up in a truck. You actually have to properly hike to get there. So it's essentially the same as me and you going into the woods uh, and coming back with some fantastic footage and then going, well, where did you get that? Like, whoa, whoa, you're not going to go to get there easily. It's at yeah. least a two-day hike that way on foot. You'd probably go, eh, I think I'll leave it. And then go, well, my story is now gospel. This is the truth. This is what I saw. And there's also the um, there's also the theory, isn't there, that Gimlin was actually tricked by Patterson, who had set all mm -hmm. this up, and he he didn't know, but he he then had him as you had one half of the duo genuinely thinking Surprised, this thing was yeah. real. Yeah, thinking this thing was real, which gave it more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Authenticity. If one of them is to you know his dying breath was like no no it was real i mean i think in his last he's was nearing his end uh he did actually accept maybe uh maybe patson had actually tricked him uh but i think they i think he said he didn't think so because the sheer level of work it would take to actually settle this up but people do crazy things yeah and i think i don't know it's it's funny because i i equate it to now you know and if you're gonna trick someone generally the camera is on the person being tricked mm -hmm. you know you show a little bit of it and then you shoot to their reaction i just think of stupid reaction videos now but like wouldn't you think patterson would shoot the animal and then like shoot him uh, gimlin and be like well, look at this look at this but no it, the camera is so centered on this creature that uh, i don't know 
it's it's a it's a theory. It's a great theory to propagate, or I keep saying that damn word, to to keep going with mm -hmm. this legend, you know, of just showing that and not telling the other guy. Mm. It, it, that's a pure way of um, having someone believe in that. Mm -hmm. It's just keeping up that lie for for an entire lifetime. Though I mean, it it seems far fetched. But it this took place in Bluff Creek in California. I don't know where that is in relationship to other California places, but that's apparently it. Apparently, it was a very long time to get to. So, um, <laughs> the conspiracies, everything, this is the most concrete evidence we have. And when you look at it, you, everyone probably knows this video. It looks like what we've been led to believe is Bigfoot. Um, bipedal standing up moving slowly lethargic and the, the pure moment of terror at 352 is when he looks at the screen and it's eerie it's still eerie even with my own thoughts that of course it's a fake but that's me and um people still believe that it's bigfoot i was watching a documentary and there is a scientist or pseudoscientist or whatever you'd like to call that is the largest collector of big fit big foot footprints say that five times fast <laughs> and, and uh the gentleman was just describing and showing us all of them and i find it so interesting that every one of them is different even within the same set of footprints the left is different than the right I mean, um, I'm, I'm just looking at Bluff Creek on a map at the moment. Okay. And this is at least, according to Google Maps, this is a, on foot, this has to be a 50-mile hike from the nearest road, which is Route 101. Wow. Uh, you know, this is out in the middle of, no, this is out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's nothing around it, even to this day. It's just a, yeah, nothing. Just a, a river. Perfect setup. Perfect place. Um... Again, I don't know. I don't know. But you know who does know? There is someone that does know. Because many years later, and very recently, on national TV, PAX TV, in 2005, Bob Hieronymus went on national TV on a lie detector mm -hmm. and passed, stating he was the man in the video in a suit. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, well, it had to be someone in the suit. Uh, but the other thing is, lie detectors, they're reliable, but they're not that yes. reliable, are they? Yeah. I mean, that that's the big issue here, is he went on, like, and they streamed it live, or they showed it live, and he's like, I watched the video. It's this... Ugh, I, I don't want to put him down. The guy looks old and decrepit, and he's slouched over, taking this test, and he's like, yeah, I was in the suit. And then it shows... Nothing changes, and they're like, there you have it, folks. This is the gentleman that was in the suit. So let's talk about this suit. Um, they went on after showing this clip to the gentleman making the suit, a suit that looked pretty damn close to the suit that we saw there. Then again, 50 years have passed, you know, uh, prosthetics, everything is jumped in, you know, light years as to what it was back then. And the feasibility of making that suit look as good as it did back then would have taken tremendous amounts of time tremendous and a gentleman actually compared this was his theory and he is still searching for bigfoot he compared the original gimlin patterson video suit to 
Planet of the Apes and Return to Planet of the Apes, saying, look at the similarities. Look how close it is. A movie made much later, and he slowed it down. And just like you were saying, the scientists, well, the, the left foot is going at a rate of this, and so is the one in the movie. So this gentleman is still pushing this narrative that because it was so long ago, well, it still holds up today. Well, what's your evidence, sir? Planet of the Eights, the movie. Oh, okay. Mm. And like, my whole heart sinks. And officially, Glenn, this film is still waiting to be debunked. Officially. So, someone is actually using that analogy of Planet of the Apes in a college course. There is a teacher teaching about this as a college course. And that brings us to the ethics and wrapping this up. People still believe this in serious, serious ways. Personally, I think it is a hell of a myth. It is a great myth. It is one that will be around for a very long time. It's been around for a very long time. Um, do I think it's real? Absolutely not. Do I think it's really cool? Absolutely. But morally, I, the story wouldn't go on without immoral people, you know, um, or people that want to exploit this and make money. It goes all the way back to the Iroquoians and the Canadian newspaper saying, hey, that sounds like a cool story. Let me put it out there. Um, it comes from people spending the time to glue camel hair onto latex and charging children. Um, it, it, it's a brilliant piece of folklore, but I can't buy it. And I, reading and researching into this, just makes me go, there's always going to be garbage people out there. There's always going to be that. And um, they tend to focus towards the supernatural, the folkloric, the the unknown. So this, to me, is going to be a grumpet because it's just another case where there's no actual evidence besides people that are fabricating it and trying to better themselves in the world in their organizations. So that's my opinion. Um, what did you get from all of this? Well, okay, thinking? so I, I've got a quote from a book that isn't about Bigfoot, but um, it's, a, it's a book that's uh, basically one of the best books I've read um, okay. on Jack the Ripper, and it's called They All Love Jack, okay? And all it's right. written by this guy who, he's a film director, but he spent 20 years researching the Jack the Ripper case. Okay. And he, he pulled out a lot of evidence that people tend to ignore or poo-poo and he does yeah. kind of weave through a narrative, and he can kind of tell you who it, who Jack the Ripper is. It's a fantastic book. You don't have to believe who it is, but his basic crux is the Ripperologists, this is their livelihood. They don't want Jack the Ripper solved. They've got no interest in revealing who he is. It's just the concept of it, who he is, but they don't actually want that discovered because their livelihood ends. It's the same True. thing for Bigfoot. If you found out this thing was actually catalogued as a real animal and it's whacked on the critically endangered list and it then becomes a right, it's a rarely seen animal but it's real, the whole industry of Bigfoot collapses. 
all these films, all the books written about it, all the fake fur stands, you know, we sell Bigfoot fur here, all the all the prints from the fake footprints, that all goes. That no one wants it solved. That that's my thing, is people are able to fabricate myths uh, to the point that they fabricate this stuff and then they have an industry out of it. You see we saw the same thing with Slender Man, which started out as a creepy pasta, right? Yes. Yes. That started out and now people are reporting seeing Slender Man. And you're like Pe no, yeah. like it can't be Slender Man because whatever you think you've seen came off the story on the internet. No one saw that. Uh, but now people are like, oh, Slenderman, and he's slowly slipping into the actual public consciousness as being accepted as this real spirit, um, which is bizarre in itself. The fact we have documented, we can track back to when this guy first appeared, and um, now he's a, he's an industry in himself, Slenderman. So it's, I think it's similar to those lines. Yeah, and, I, you know, we're covering a lot of stuff in October, and this, I, I find it interesting when comparing ghosts to like cryptozoology type things yep. like Bigfoot, like the Loch Ness Monster, like Slender Man. These are all one-offs. Mm -hmm. There aren't many of them. With ghosts, you have multiple sightings, multiple types of ghosts. There aren't multiple types of Bigfoots. There aren't multiple types of Loch Ness Monsters. And it all boils down to one creature, which I find fascinating. And the fact that this one creature can go to California, to uh, the Georgia mountains, unseen is just, like, ridiculous. At least with Loch Ness, you know where you're looking, you know? You, you know what it is. But I, I don't know the point, but it, it's interesting how one creature can create, terrible word coming up, a pandemic of fear and just insanity when there's little to no proof and with ghosts i feel like there's a lot more leeway because anything could be that you know it could have been anything with here with this exact animal creature we know what we're looking for we have definitive idea in our brain of what we think bigfoot is so that is used i feel to really push this and say hey look at this thing it looks like bigfoot that's it where with a ghost you could be like eh you know, as you were saying before the pod, no, it's footsteps. It's footsteps. So yeah. th this is really interesting territory for me to jump into. And uh, again, I want to believe. Of course I want to believe there's a Bigfoot. I think that would be awesome. And it's leaked so much into our culture. There are movies. There are documentaries. There is a great game, which no one will play with me, called Bigfoot. And it's it's fun. It's a fun idea. Um, until it turns costly and... You pull the wool over everyone's eyes. So, yeah, that's uh, Bigfoot. <laughs> that that is Bigfoot. Uh, but it, again, it's the whole you know, if ghosts were proved to real and it, it was just a, a, a dimension of existence, or you know, it was time overlapping in a way, yeah. and we proved that is the science behind it. Uh, would people be less scared of them? I I wouldn't. Uh, I'd be scared to death. Mm. You know. Oh, okay. I don't know who would even come out with this, you know, the president, prime minister, whoever comes out. Ghosts are real. We yeah. have evidence. I'd be like, oh, expletive. <laughs> Things just got real. Like, I, would it change anything? No, I think it would give certain people peace of mind. No, to be like, okay, that's that's my dead uncle. Hi, 
nice to see you. It's still terrifying, but I think that would alleviate a lot of people's concerns who are fearful of that. I don't know. What do you think would happen if they announced tomorrow? Bigfoot's real, ghosts are real. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd want to see the signs and proof behind it straight away because yeah. just because it comes from an official source doesn't mean it's real. Very. That is the smartest thing that's been said today. Yes, I agree. I agree. But so yeah, that's what I'd want to see. I'd be like, you show me the evidence and let me go away with that evidence and look at it myself. Yeah, and that's what I'd want to see. I, I, I'll say it. If I was in 1960 and I saw that Bigfoot video, I'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, I, I would have believed it. But then again, I don't know what I would have been like in 1967 or whenever it was. So I think we can both agree it is a convincing film for the time that it was in. And uh, I don't know if I would have been as skeptical back then. I, I really don't. But even now you look at it and you say, damn, that's really pulled off well. So, I guess it's about frame of mind and all that stuff. But loved it, loved researching it, loved talking about it. Um, do you think, Glenn, in the future, we will have more of these hoaxes? Do you think it will be proven? Do you believe Bigfoot is real? Is the question of the day. Do um, I, I? I'm not beyond the possibility that there is an unidentified animal wandering the. Um, you know, there's a lot of forests, a lot of forests of North America. Mm -hmm. uh, so potentially there could be, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm not writing it off and saying it's trash, but I'm saying there could potentially be an unidentified animal. I'm sure there's lots of unidentified animals there, yeah. uh, but there potentially could be something out there. Good, and that, that I'd like to believe that too. So I think that's a, a nice place to end. So, Glenn, where can people find us? Uh, well, Mike, I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, we can be found on iTunes. We can be found on Spotify. We can be found on everywhere you can get your platform uh, that you listen to podcasts on. You can also find us on Twitter at tgrumpetspod. You can reach us tgrumpetspod at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voice clip also available in the show notes to scroll down. Uh, that's where you can find us. And if you've encountered Bigfoot or have your own Bigfoot stories, or even a relative has a Bigfoot stories and you want to pass them on, I'd be I'd be very interested to hear them. Yes, or a relative that looks like Bigfoot. Even that, we'll take yeah. it. But please reach out. Um, we had a lot of fun making this. And uh, thank you for listening if you made it this far. But for this week, I have been Mike. And I have been Glenn. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Take care.